Welcome to this verse-by-verse Bible teaching from Calvary Queen Creek in Arizona with Pastor Jim Remington. We hope you're blessed by listening. Romans 10.17 says, Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. For more information, please visit calvaryqueencreek.org. So let's look at Acts chapter 16, and we'll get into the study, the Word of God, a word from our sponsor this morning. Uh, If you're new or visiting, we're going through the book of Acts verse by verse, and we left off in verse 15, or in verse, uh, I'm sorry, in verse 24 of chapter 16. And so if you're at home, we encourage you, grab your Bible, follow along. If you're here today, have a Bible with you. Greatly encourage you to have a Bible. I know some of you use um, devices, and that's fine, but I really encourage you at home, uh, make sure that you have a Bible to highlight, to mark up, to make notes in, a journal, whatever the case may be. Well, our text is going to be verses 25 through the chapter. It's pretty lengthy, so let's just go ahead and pray, and then we'll get into our text. Father, we, we continue in our worship of you. We say thank you, Lord. Thank you for these bodies that are they're so finely tuned. It's amazing how our bodies will fight various illnesses to survive. But there also comes a point in time where this body has to shed this tent, and that we all must leave this place. For the believer, to heaven with you. For the unbeliever, to hell, according to Jesus. So Father, we pray for anyone in this room this morning that does not know Jesus, a personal relationship. For anyone viewing right now that does not have a personal relationship with you, God, via Jesus, his death, that you would open their eyes to the realization that they are a sinner in need of a Savior. And they are not getting to heaven by their own good works. Father, we thank you for this time. I pray for the gift of teaching. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we left off last week with Paul and Silas being falsely accused about their mission. They were teaching anyone who would listen that you could have a personal relationship with God. And again, guys, for us here today as Christians, it's kind of like second nature. Oh, we know that. They did not know this. The Gentiles did not know this. And as you go out into your mission field this week, there are millions of people in America that do not know this simple fact that they can have a relationship with God, a personal relationship with God, by accepting Jesus as their Savior. So as you sit here, don't blow it off and check out, but rather check in and say, how can I make sure that I apply this to my life this week, that as I go out into my mission field, and I cross paths with someone who is living in fear of getting the virus and dying, that I can help alleviate that fear by teaching them that they can have a personal relationship with God. You see, the Gentiles' accusers said that they were trying to impose their Jewish religion on them. You see, our spiritual enemy hates the simplicity of the gospel to this day. So they were accused, they were beaten, they were thrown in prison. And so now we pick it up in verse 25. And at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. Notice what is taking place. They are praying And they are singing to God. And those within the prison walls 
we're listening to them. Remember last week I mentioned that this cell that didn't have any lights, no weight room, no TV. It was most likely damp and probably had rats that visited them on a regular basis, having a little nibble on their toes. You see, this was a place that I bet few of us, if any of us, have ever been in. I know I've never been in a place like this. But that didn't stop Paul and Silas from doing the unexpected. The unexpected. Notice that they were not griping about their situation. They were not having a complaint session against God. Hey, I'm a Christian. This isn't supposed to happen to me. But they were doing on the inside of the prison what they had been doing, and this is very important principle, guys. Well, when it gets really tough, then I'll read my Bible and I'll stand up for Jesus. If you can't stand up for Jesus now, let me reassure you, you won't then. You will crumble under the pressure. You better be preparing your heart now and witnessing now and taking a stand now. Because that's what Paul and Silas were doing then. They were taking a stand outside the prison so that they went inside the prison It was just a lifestyle. Well, what should we do? Well, how about praying? Yeah, let's pray. What about singing a hymn? That sounds good to me. Let's sing some songs. You see, they didn't accuse God like most people today would do. God, where are you? You're such a God of love. Accusing God. They didn't even ask why this is happening like most people do. And, and we should, we, it's fair to ask, why is this happening? But constantly asking why it's happening? And then focusing on that? No, they, they weren't doing that. But rather, they lifted up their voices to praise to the one true God. You see, no matter what God takes us through, and that's very important right there, the COVID, the riots, whatever's going on in our lives, maybe bring it down more personal, you have maybe a personal illness or a personal problem, a relationship problem, whatever it might be, we often forget the simple fact God's with us. He didn't leave us. God is always with us. When we commit to prayer and praise, inner peace will take the place of turmoil even in or during the darkest situation. And guys, that's what every single person on this earth wants. Peace. They want peace. They want that inner peace. You see, Paul had definitely learned that principle in his Christian life. At this point, at this point in time, he's been walking with the Lord almost 20 years. Think about that in your own Christian walk. How long have you been walking with the Lord? You know, six months, six years, 16 years, 26, 36, whatever it is, realize that Paul has been learning, not just waiting, well, when I get thrown into prison, then I'll pray and praise No, he's been learning this principle the last 20 years so that when he got in prison, he prayed and praised. He's been chased out of towns. He's been falsely accused on various occasions. He's even been stoned to death. So what's so bad about a little time in a dungeon? He was probably saying to Silas, Silas, this isn't so bad, isn't it? Nah. You see, Paul has learned to rely upon the basics of the faith, prayer, and prayer. Praise, the basics of the faith, prayer and praise. Matter of fact, about 10 years from now, let's look at Philippians chapter 4. About 10 years from this point in Paul's life, Paul is going to write a letter to the church at Philippi. 
while in a Roman prison, by the way. He had a prison ministry in which he states some very familiar verses to us. You probably have these verses memorized. But if we memorize verses and don't apply them, then maturing is not taking place. If we memorize the verses and don't apply them, then we're not maturing in the faith and we're not maturing in our faith. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand and all men there is mankind, men and women. Verse six, a key verse. If you're battling depression today, anxiety, fear, worry, verse six, be anxious for nothing. Now, guys, this is Paul now 30 years in the faith, okay? We're reading in Acts here. He's 20 years in the faith. He's now in another prison 10 years later, and he's writing this, okay? And if you want to see what he's gone through over the last 30 years, uh, you can read 2 Corinthians chapter 11, and he lists the various things that he's been through. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Paul, you're crazy. You're in a Roman prison. You're going to get your head lopped off. And you have a thankful heart that you're in a Roman prison? Well, as you read his epistles, he even says in one of his epistles, say hello to those, the brethren who are of Caesar's household. He didn't waste time when he was in prison. He ministered to the guards, and the guards ministered to other guards, and it worked its way all the way up. It's amazing what God will do with a surrendered heart. Be anxious for nothing but in prayer, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Very applicable verses through what we're going through even right now. There are millions of people, really billions of people, not millions, billions, because this has taken the whole world, that are living of fear. You've probably seen the pictures. Mass graves. Loved ones dying. I mean, it was very, very grieving. I can't, I, as a pastor, I cannot go into a hospital. Somebody's dying. I can't go in and pray over them. That's grieving. Family members can't go in. That is so grieving. This is real, guys. So what do we need to do? We need to guard our hearts and minds through what? Through prayer, through praise, through thanksgiving, even when we don't understand. Verse 8, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, this is a great list for all the riots that are taking place. Do we participate in them? I don't think it falls into this list whatsoever. Whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Notice that. Meditate. Just don't read it and go, oh, yeah, that's good for somebody. No, no. It's good for me. It's good for you. But we do have to meditate. Don't meditate on news. How many of you meditate on news? You've got it going all day long. That's heart-wrenching. When, why don't you play praise music instead or have the Bible being read out, read out loud instead and how that will impact your heart? I do listen to the news and I read it, but 15 minutes, maybe 20 minutes a day, it's not worth it. We've got to be informed. 
As we look back in Acts, you see, Paul was inspired to write that 10 years after this situation. But what about now? How could, God have, how could Paul have such a good outlook about this situation? Well, we know that Paul knew the scriptures. So it would be safe to say that he probably thought about Joseph and how he was treated by his brothers. You can read that story towards the end of Genesis. Because what was the end result of that story? God had a plan far greater than the brothers or Joseph could have ever thought possible. Remember the story? Joseph said, my brothers are going to be bowing down to me. And one day, dad and mom and the brothers would be on down. And they mocked him and ridiculed him and wanted to kill him. Get out of here. Who do you think you are? Second command of Pharaoh one day, but Joseph didn't know that. Paul probably thought about David and how he was chased and persecuted by King Saul for roughly 10 years. And King Saul had no reason at all for chasing him. But what was the end of that story? That God had a plan far greater than David's temporal comforts. This virus has rocked all of our comforts. But all of our comforts, guys, are temporal anyways. And it's good because it's stirring up people to question, what is this all about? Maybe there is a God. Gives us opportunity to evangelize. Paul might have even thought about how he is a Pharisee had hunted the Christians for purposes of torture and death. But what was the end result of that story? That God had a plan far greater than Paul's hatred for a group of people. And that's what we're seeing. That's what the enemy is trying to do even today with these riots, is create hatred between white and black, police and the citizen. And bigger picture... In our country, male and female. It's just reality. The enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy. And the only thing that's going to fix everything that's taking place on this earth is a heart transformation. Until people receive Jesus as their Savior, there's always going to be issues. No matter how hard we try to come together, there will always be issues. You see, there there is tremendous comfort in the scriptures as well as an example after example of God's goodness and faithfulness. And that's why I ask you, encourage you every single week to read from Genesis to Revelation, to see those examples even in the darkest of hour. And this may be a very dark hour for you. You watching, this may be a very dark hour for you. The only thing that's gonna get you through this, really through it, is the word of God is allowing the word of God to build your faith. Well, let's go back, Acts 16, and look at 26 and 27. Because again, let's look at what the Lord had in store for Paul and Silas that ended up being far greater than they could have imagined as they were praying and singing hymns. The prisoners were listening. Suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken And immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed. Notice that. Not just Paul and Silas. Everyone who was in the prison. And the keeper of the prison, awaking from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill 
himself. Interesting. Now, how did Paul know that this guard was going to kill himself as we get into our next verse? How did Paul know? Because in that day and age, if you as a guard lost your prisoner, you would take the prisoner's punishment instead. And so how many prisoners would have stuck around if they had a chance to flee? As a guard, you got to take on the picture here. I'm guard, doors open, prisoners are probably gone. Who's going to stick around? How many in your mind? Zero. I'm going to die today. There's no way I'm going to die today. I'm going to take my own life. I'm going to take my own life. So verse 28, but Paul said to Silas, be quiet and let him kill himself. Oh, wait a minute. That would be a modern day Christian. But Paul called with a loud voice saying, do yourself no harm for we are all here. Modern-day Christian, God answered our prayers. The sucker's going to kill himself, and we're out of here. Praise God. No. Don't do it. We're here. We're here. You see, Paul knows that, so he's inspired to cry out and let the guard know that he and the others are still there. 29 and 30. Then the, the guard called for a light ran in and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Notice that. He fell down. And he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? That is the question that many people are asking today. A vaccine? A check from the government? Well, if I just stay home, if I don't go out, if I, if I just really clean my hands all the time and clean all my surfaces all the time, then I'll be safe. No, this man knows something here, and he's asking a very specific question. Not just saved physically, saved spiritually. Saved spiritually. You see, Paul and Silas, not leaving when they had the opportunity, obviously made a huge impact on this man's life. Think about that as we're in this, these days we're living in. Paul and Silas not leaving when they had the opportunity obviously made a huge impact on this man's life. And you and I, we can have an impact upon people's lives as well through how we handle various situations as believers. At some point, the guard must have heard about the gospel because he comes in to ask the most important question that anyone could ever ask and that people are still asking today. That's why Peter instructed his disciples to be ready to give anyone the biblical answer for their living hope of spending eternal life with God. Verse 31, So they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved, you and your household. Notice, once again, the simplicity of the gospel. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved. Didn't talk about baptism, didn't talk about church attendance, didn't talk about tithing, didn't talk about any works at all, except faith. If you believe, that's faith. And the Bible says that God has given every person a measure of faith. 
No one will ever have an excuse, because the Bible says clearly that, that God has given to every person a measure of faith. What they do with that faith will determine their eternal destiny. If they plant that faith and put it in Jesus, they're going to spend eternity with God. If they bury that faith and say, I don't want nothing to do with God, they'll get their wish. They'll get their prayer answered. They have just judged themselves unworthy for eternal life. Very, very important. Paul and Silas keep it very simple. So simple. Think about this because this is you and I. When people come and knock on our door, sometimes we want to get in religious arguments with them. That's the worst thing that you can do. You have an opportunity, maybe only one opportunity that you'll ever have in this person's life to give them the simplicity of the gospel. Who is Jesus Christ to you? And let them explain who he is. And then you've given them that time. You then can say, can I share with you who I know Jesus Christ is? And they're going to say, well, you were polite enough in their mind, not out loud, but they're going to say, wow, you gave us three to five minutes. Yeah, I'll give you three to five minutes. And then you have the opportunity to share the simplicity of the gospel. They're already wrapped up in religion. They don't need to argue religion. They need to understand how simple it is. Even a Roman guard, a Gentile, could understand it. Only believe and you shall be saved. Now, some people take and use this verse to claim salvation for their whole household. But the scriptures are quite clear that individual family members need to make their own personal commitment to the Heavenly Father through Jesus. So I recommend this. Always be careful to not lift a verse out of context, but verify the context with other verses found in the scriptures. So you will not find a teaching woven in the scriptures that if you believe Jesus as your savior, if your mate receives Jesus as their savior, that all of the kids are going to receive Jesus as their savior. It's guaranteed. You, you won't find that. You will find that it'll have a heavy impact upon their lives and their decisions, yes, but you won't find a guarantee. So be very careful about the scriptures so that we don't lift something out of context. Verse 32 through 34. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. So notice this. The guard took them home to his house in the middle of the night, and he took the same hour of the night and washed their stripes, And immediately he and all his family were baptized. So they went and preached to the family. And then the family received Jesus as their Savior. And then they were water baptized. So how do you know that a person is saved? Well, you'll see a fruit of salvation. Now, we're not salvation investigators. We're not to walk around saying, well, you're saved, you're not saved, you're saved, you're not saved. No, no, no. We're just to be fruit inspectors. Jesus said, you'll know a tree by its fruit. And notice that the guard took Paul and Silas home and cared for them. He ministered to them. Fruit was already being produced in this young believer. You see, this salvation experience had a tremendous impact upon the family of the guard, and they became saved as well. Did Paul and Silas, think about this now, trying to bring it all together, and maybe even about your life, did Paul and Silas know that this was going to happen while they were being beaten on false charges? Silas, just take it. We're going to pray tonight. There's going to be an earthquake, and the guard's going to get saved. Just take it, Silas. It's going to be okay. They didn't know that. They didn't know that. 
Did Paul and Silas know that this was going to happen when they were thrown into the dungeon? You see, once again, we see that God's ways are not our ways. You're going through something individually or maybe as a marriage or maybe as a family, single, whatever it might be, you're going through something that maybe nobody else can identify with or maybe somebody could identify with it. But most of the time, what, it's hard to identify with people individually because you're not in their lives. You don't know all the things behind what's going on. But they always end up being the best way. So that's my greatest exhortation to you. We have counseling. That's what we, we do that here. We're not professionally trained counselors. We're disciplers. We're going to take you to the word of God. We'll listen. We'll help you. We'll pray with you. We'll guide you. But at the end of the day, you have to mature enough to realize God's ways are better than my ways. I don't like what I'm going through. But if I really believe in God, I have to trust that he knows what he's doing, even though I might not know what he's doing at the moment. He knows what he's doing. That will give you tremendous peace. You see, through the tribulation of Paul and Silas, salvation came to this whole household, 35 and 36. And when it was day, the magistrates sent the officers saying, let those men go. So the keeper of the prison reported these words to Paul, saying, the magistrates have sent to let you go. Now, therefore, depart and go in peace. (laughs) You know, for whatever reason, the magistrates decided to let Paul and Silas go. They, They probably found out the truth, that the charges made against them were fabricated. But whatever the case may be, they sent the guards to jail to let the prisoners go free. But listen, 37... But Paul said to them, they have beaten us openly, uncondemned Romans, and have thrown us into prison. And now do they put us out secretly? No, indeed. Let them come themselves and get us out. Interesting. Why didn't Paul use the Roman citizenship prior to this? We don't know for sure. But it might have been for a witness to the brethren there in Philippi. You know, maybe Paul was showing them to endure persecution as a Christian. Even when you know that you are innocent. Again, this is a very important biblical principle. I try to teach principles and they can fly right over your head or you can stop and think about it. Maybe Paul was showing them to endure persecution as a Christian, even when you know that you are innocent. Because God has something far greater in store. Far greater in store. Let's look at Romans chapter 8. Again, very familiar verses to you. But as we're going through these things, we want to read over those familiar verses to reassure ourselves in the faith and to also build our faith up. Romans 8, 31 through 39. Again, at home, please grab your Bible and read along. Make sure, if you don't have a Bible, by the way, as they're turning to the Bible, uh, you can email us, office at ccofqc.org. Give us your address. We'll be more than happy to send you a Bible free. Love to get you the word of God. Romans 8, 31 says, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, Who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, so God who allowed his son Jesus to be crucified, but delivered him up for us all, 
How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect or against the Christian, the believer? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Guys, it doesn't get any better than that. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? And I'd venture to say that most of us, myself included, as Christians, have not gone through much of that list right there. That is a very distressing list. Just reality. We're spoiled here in America. We're blessed. As it is written... For your sake we are killed all day long, which they're doing in India. Which they're doing in India. They're going and killing the Christians. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded. Notice that. I think about this. Eh, Maybe. No, Paul says, for I am persuaded that neither death nor life. Now, again, this is about faith. And so I'm not mocking or ridiculing or anything like that, but as a teacher, I will challenge you, and I'll challenge even you that are watching. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life are you staying home because you're afraid of dying. Is that your main reason? If that is, you need to mature past that. You may have a good reason. You're elderly or you have a compromise. That's great. Stay home. But if you're just staying home because you're afraid, you've got to grow in your faith. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come. We don't know what this fall is going to bring. Of course, the experts are saying it's going to come back with a vengeance and we're all going to die. That's not going to happen, but that's what? Fear, fear, fear. Don't walk by faith. Live in fear. Nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So yes, even during this virus, we want to use wisdom, separating, washing our hands, doing all those things, mask, whatever it might be. We want to use wisdom. But the bottom line is always remember that God is in your life and nothing can separate us from that. Nothing can separate us. Whatever the reason was, Paul now speaks up and the guard goes off to tell the authorities about his Roman citizenship in verse 38. And the officers told these words to the magistrates and they were afraid when they heard that they were Romans. Why were they afraid? They should have been afraid. It was a major mistake to beat a Roman citizen without a fair trial. To punish a Roman citizen was deemed an offense to the majesty of the Roman people and was severely punished by the law. Death and confiscation of property was the norm. If you as an official beat a Roman citizen without a proper trial, you would receive the death penalty and your property would be confiscated. That's why they were afraid and they should have been afraid. 
verse 39, then they came and pleaded with them. (laughs) Notice their attitude, total humility. Please, please, don't take this any further. We, We didn't mean it. We're so sorry. Then they came and pleaded with them and brought them out and asked them to depart from the city. So Paul and Silas went out of the prison and entered the house of Lydia. So they immediately didn't take off. They went back to the church and entered the house of Lydia. And when they had seen the brethren, notice that in verse 40, this short time while they were in Philippi, they first gathered at a prayer meeting, which was, from what we can see, was all women. And now in this very short time, a church has started, and now they're going back to Lydia, where most likely the church was being housed or meeting. And when they had seen the brethren, they encouraged them and then departed. You see, the Lord had done a mighty work in this major city of Macedonia through the obedience. Guys, this is for you and I in our neighborhood, in our workplace, whatever it might be. God wants to do a mighty work through you. You know, when we read these stories, as the music team comes up, when we read these stories, lots of times we just throw it on them. Oh, boy, that happened back then. That will never happen now. What did you just do? You just put yourself out of the ministry. You just negated your ministry. How do you know, because you're an ambassador for Christ, that this week God might use you in a mighty way and actually lead someone to Jesus Christ? Well, that would never happen. Okay, well, you're out of the ministry then. You just put yourself out of the ministry. That's unfortunate, but you just did. Why, do you, why would you have that mindset? But rather say, God, use me. Use me. Use me this week. Put somebody in my path, Lord. Interrupt my schedule. Make it inconvenient that I'll rely upon you and that I'll explain who you are to someone who doesn't know who you are that they might receive Jesus. Why don't you make that, why don't I make that our prayer this week? God, interrupt our schedules. People are dying and going to hell. Could I say, could I help save somebody? God, you obviously saved them, but could I be, could I participate? He'll answer your prayer. You see, let's use our current adversities or trials, so forget the virus, anything that you might be going through, Use your current adversities or trials, not for an opportunity to complain about God, which comes quite naturally to us, but for an opportunity to witness about God. And when you do that, people will notice you're complaining. They'll notice that right away. But they will also notice when you witness about God. God's going to get us through this. They'll notice that. That seed is now planted in their mind. And now they'll watch you and see if you're a true Christian or not. You said it, do you believe it? It's that simple. All right, you just said it. Now I'm going to watch you and see if you believe it. And when you believe it, they might just ask you to pray with them. Father, we thank you and praise you for this study, Lord, in the word of God. This is not just a story. This is not just a filler. Well, Sunday morning, we got to go to church. Let's get it over with. No, Father, this is a study. The days we're living in, they're becoming more and more vile, more and more violent. There's more and more frustration, anxiety and worry that's being cast upon us versus various means. 
So Father, we as ambassadors for Christ, we need to be the pillars of the church and we also need to be the pillars of society because society is crumbling. They don't have the answer. They don't know who God is, who Jesus is, but we do. So Father, use us. Use us this week. You know, as the saints are praying, Saints are praying here and saints are praying at home. Maybe you're watching or maybe you're sitting here this morning and you do not have Jesus as your Savior. I'm going to pray a simple prayer. And it's not the prayer. The prayer is just a means for you to express what your heart desires to do. Maybe this morning you desire to receive Jesus as your Savior. Maybe this morning something clicked and you finally realized I need Jesus. There was a high schooler this past week on the high school camp that that happened to. It clicked, and she received Jesus as her Savior this past week. So maybe this morning, that's, that's you right now where you're sitting, either here in the sanctuary or at home. It's clicked. Don't deny that. Don't reject it. Don't push it away. God loves you. Just pray this simple prayer. It's a prayer of faith that seed of faith that God has given to you. Plant it and let it grow. Just pray after me. God, I acknowledge that I am a sinner in need of a Savior. God, I I repent. I turn to you and I ask for your forgiveness. I invite Jesus into my life to become my Savior. I also invite your Holy Spirit into my life. I don't know what this all means yet, but I'm going to trust that you're going to show me through your word, through Bible-believing Christians, through prayer, I'm going to trust you. And God, I say thank you that I can now call you Father, my Father. Thank you. For that wonderful privilege. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we thank you for the simplicity of the gospel. And as we go out, Lord, into our mission field, help us to be available this week for somebody. Whatever that looks like, whoever that is, just help us to be available. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. Why don't we all stand, guys? Thanks for coming out. God bless you. Stay focused on Jesus in these crazy days. And don't forget the message. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have eternal life, John three sixteen. It's simple, guys. If you need prayer, please come up. We'd love to pray for you. Thank you for listening to this teaching from God's Word. If you have any questions, would like to request prayer, or want more information about our church, and how you can experience the love and hope of Jesus Christ in your life, 
please visit calvarycleancreek.org.